Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. And so this morning, I bring to you a message uh, outside of that series, uh, very simple, six steps to removing your obstacle. I'm not sure why God puts obstacles in our way. Sometimes it's the devil. Sometimes it's, a, uh, as Corey Ten Boom said, blessed are the, the obstacle that gets in the way of a man on the road to destruction. I'm thankful for the times that the Lord has stopped me when, when I thought I was just, you know, knew I had the word of the Lord, and I certainly didn't, you know. And then you're thanking him that he said no, because you don't have the whole picture. God has the whole picture. So sometimes there's obstacles from the devil. Other times there's obstacles or hindrances of heaven where things need to line up. The circumstances aren't quite right. The Apostle Paul wanted to go preach in Asia, which is really Turkey. It's not Asia as we know it. And the Holy Spirit said, no, he was hindered by God. God says, you're not going there. And if you study that out, you see that Peter was actually preaching in that location. And they were going to overlap. He wouldn't, didn't want to build on another man's foundation. But eventually he gets to go. He travels around and he, on his missionary journey, goes to uh, the church of Philippi and gathers uh, a church that was really supported him and his missions, a tremendously generous church. He, he gathers Priscilla and Aquila. He gets this team that goes with him. And through that team, he's then able to go in the perfect timing of God. He wanted to go earlier, but the Holy Spirit said, no. And he ends up in the perfect timing of God in the place called Ephesus. And you can read the story of the book of Acts and has the greatest revival in the New Testament is took place through the Apostle Paul in Ephesus. All kinds of signs and wonders and miracles. God has a way of leading and guiding and directing. So the devil can certainly put obstacles in your way. God can hinder. And then I hate the next one. The truth is we have a way of throwing our own selves under the bus as well. So I want to talk six steps to removing your obstacles right from the book of, jo- of Joshua, uh, the story that's familiar from the flannel graph days when you were a little one in church. If you grew up in church, the walls of Jericho coming down. Hallelujah. Amen. Joshua chapter 5. If you're all there, say amen. amen. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Stand on your feet if you're able. If you're not able to stand up, we do that in honor of the word. If you're not able to stand up, then remain in your seat, but stand up on the inside. If you're not going to stand up because nobody's going to make you stand up, then may God set you free from your rebellion. Joshua chapter 5. Somebody's <laughs> like, stand up. And so it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan, all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we crossed over. Their hearts melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourselves. We're in verse two. And circumcise your sons of Israel again the second time. And so I, I, I'm just going to say that they went ahead and did that. Go to verse 8. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places at the camp till they were healed. I bet. Verse 9. 
Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Now the children of Israel camped at Gilgal and kept the Passover. Why, this is the second Passover. They had no Passover before this that I can find in Scripture. And they were uncircumcised and not able to actually celebrate the Passover as a result. The 14th day of the month, the twilight in the plains of Jericho, verse 11, they ate of the produce of the land that day after the Passover, the unleavened bread and parched grain in the very same day, verse 12. The manna ceased on that day, and they ate of the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer ate manna, which I'm sure they were really happy about. But they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him, with his sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went to him, concentrate now, and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No. Hmm. But as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does the Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Everybody read that with me. Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Thank you, Lord. Move in power. Amen. You may be seated. Israel going into the promised land for the New Testament believer is us moving from our Egypt, the the house of bondage, moving from sin, separation from God, into being united with God because of the blood of Jesus, the true Passover lamb, the final Passover lamb, if I could say it that way, and moving forward into all the promises of the blessings of God, i.e. the promised land. And so as I preach this message to you in your hearing, Understand, I'm going to give you six points. I'm sure there's probably more. Six very simple points on how to cause the walls of Jericho to fall. How to cause the obstacle that you're facing to be removed. Number one, if you're taking notes and I didn't give you notes, glory to God, hallelujah. I didn't give you notes so I don't have to stick to them. So if, if six steps becomes three, it's all good in the hood. Amen. I want the latitude to be able to flow. And uh, when I give notes, which I 90% of the time do, uh, I feel like I'm in sin if I don't finish all my notes. And so you don't have any notes, and so it's all good. Freedom. I'm telling you, God wants to bring you into a place of rich blessing where you lie on your bed at night and you're not tormented anymore, where you've got hope where you've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. God wants to bring you to a place, wants to bring your marriage to a place, wants to bring your family to a place, wants to bring your kids to a place where you're, you're not wondering where the next problem's gonna come from, where you don't feel battered and on the ropes all the time, where the, 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 the enemy's just pounding you. He wants to bring you to a place of rich fulfillment. Psalm 66 is a favorite psalm of mine. I brought you through the fire, I brought you through the flood, and I brought you into a place of rich fulfillment. It's an unbiblical thing to not win the fight that you're in. 
it's, it's biblical to have a fight. There is opposition. There are difficulties. There are walls as around Jericho. There are flood stage Jordans. And I don't really like that, but I sure like what it does for me. And many would say, if God is God, then why did they have to cross over the flood stage Jordan? To catch you up to what I'm talking about there in the text a few chapters before, Moses is dead. Joshua is now the man at the helm, if I can say it that way. God speaks to him. They've spied out the land. Jericho is, is ready to be dropped. Rahab has hidden the spies. They've returned. Joshua has to cross over a flood stage Jordan. And he'd like to think that it would be a crick. For those of you from somewhere that in the south, crick. Can I just tell you something? When I drive around in Alaska, you cross over a lot of creeks, you may say, but I just enjoy passing over them and say crick. So every, you know how there's a name? So I, was, I, went, up, I went up north just recently. So I passed over the King's Crick. King's, King's Crick. Bear Crick. Anyway. You know you'll be saying crick the next time you pass by that sign too. It could have been just a, just a little stream of water, but no, it's flood stage. It's a number of theories why we have challenges and obstacles and problems. Although we bemoan them, we don't like them. But if you'll respond rightly, that problem, that obstacle, that challenge will springboard you into the next season of blessing in your life. You just have to respond right. So the flood stage, Jordan, why would God allow for the children of Israel to have to cross it uh, with all their little ones, their babies, to cross over a flood stage, Jordan? Number one, I think because this whole generation didn't see the parting of the Red Sea, they didn't see too many miracles. You say, what are you talking about? They had manna every day. Yeah, but not unlike some of our kids and the nature of our children and nature of human beings, I should say. I don't mean like our children, but I mean the nature of human beings. When you're constantly seeing breakthrough and miracles, it's, it, it can be very dangerous. Uzzah, how many of you know who Uzzah is? Uzzah reached out his hands to, to steady the, the Ark of the Covenant in David's day when they're trying to bring the Ark out of the house of Abinadab. Uzzah was his son. And he reached out to touch the ark. You are never allowed to touch the ark. You never are. And when he did that, poof, smoking entrails right there. He was split in two. He got exploded. He had what we call the sin of familiarity. And so in our own homes and here at the church, you need to be very careful that you and your children, that, that we never become familiar and complacent with the fact that God's power and presence is here, that there's a mighty anointing and a tremendous move of God in our midst. I'm telling you, maybe you've never been to church before. It's the first church you've ever experienced. I'm telling you, there's a way of understanding that people wander from and rest up in what the Bible calls the congregation of the dead. There is a dead church twice pulled up, full of sin and defiled, that's trying to just declare the glory of God. But it's lifeless. It's got no juice. It's got no fire. It's got no zeal. There's no miracles. There's no signs. There's no wonders. And you can get in a place of familiarity where it's just like, oh yeah, they're just going to church, yeah. We don't, we don't let kids run up on the platform. Why is that? Because this, this is called what they call in a bygone generation a sacred desk. God's word is spoken from this place through me or my staff and staff pastors and guests. It's a sacred thing. And if that is diminished, 
You see, I think the children of Israel in Joshua's day weren't so excited about manna anymore. Like, yeah, you go get the manna. How are we going to have it tonight? Boiled. Can we have it boiled last night? No, it was fried last night. Well, can we have it poached? Because, you know, I mean, poached manna, fried manna, grilled manna. How many times can you have manna? Manna, 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 manna. It sounds like tongues almost. But there's manna. They're just coming out their ears, you understand. Manna all the time. And I don't think it was a big, big deal for them. But it was a major miracle that God fed them for 40 years. And that whole generation didn't see the Red Sea. And now they saw the Jordan flood stage part when the, pri the priests put their feet in it. Bam, hither and thither, says the King James, piled all the way up to the city of Adam and cut off all the way to the Dead Sea. And they crossed over on dry ground. And Joshua at that time was then galvanized as their leader. And it was like, oh, you know what? God's with Josh. I think God's with Joshua like he was with Moses. God's with Joshua. And they cross over on dry ground. They get to this place called Gilgal. So six steps in the next seven minutes. <laughs> on how to remove your obstacles, number one. You got to get circumcised. And I'm not talking about the actual act of circumcision as would come upon a boy. I'm talking about the <laughs> I'm talking about the circumcision of your heart. Romans talks about that. Think about this. The 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 covenant sign of circumcision was from Adam. So Moses was circumcised. All of the parents were circumcised, but the kids were not circumcised. Their parents' carcasses dropped in the desert because of their unbelief. But still, the children are not circumcised. Why is that? Because their parents were stinking rebellious. Wouldn't send their kids to camp. Listen, if you can't go to camp, I understand. If you can't afford it, there's no such thing. Believe God. Amen. Pray. Let us know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've had this happen. Not with anybody here, of course. I, I, but, but like, my kid wants to go to camp. We, we can't afford it. I go, okay, there's a couple jobs. There's some lawns to be. N n no, I, I, no, actually, no. You know, I want to mow the lawn. <laughs> you don't mow, what do you mean? You don't want to work, you mean? Right. No, no, no. That's not happening. Don't work. Don't eat. Hit the road. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. I don't literally mean that. I mean, you need to be set free from a sluggard spirit. You need to get a job. Come on, somebody say get a job. I'm getting away from Pastor Karen. Hallelujah. I'm going over here. What are we talking about, Minister Micah? The six steps. You were just talking about. Thank you, Pastor Vince. Circumcision. So their parents actually didn't circumcise them, which shows what? Shows rebellion in the parents. And then I sewed in a couple, you know, sucker punches. If the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, just blow it off. Amen. And so they had to, it showed their rebellion. It showed their disdain. In fact, the text says, today I'm rolling away the reproach of Egypt. It's kind of profound. If you're going to see the walls of Jericho fall, you got to get rid of the reproach. 
you got to get rid of the sin. You got to get rid of your anger problem. You say, I want to do miracles, mighty things for God. Okay, well, you got to like, you know, getting high all the time and like, and exploding on your, on your, on your wife with your anger rage problem. That is like witchcraft. You try to control everybody with your anger and your rage. God knows if somebody doesn't do things the way that you want to, they oh, you talking to me. <laughs> yeah, so then it's, you're like a little warlock trying to control people with your anger. And everybody like tiptoeing on, you know, what is that? What's that expression? Yes, walking on eggshells around you. Because, oh, God forbid, they ruffle your feathers. Yeah, you're a witch. <laughs> a Christian witch, maybe. Are we having fun? Bump your neighbor and say, well, it's so great to be in church on Sunday morning with three minutes left for Pastor Daniel to give six steps. The application, if you're going to see the impossible things move away, I'm, t- I'm going to go all the way to 1240, warn the children's church. If you're going to see the walls of Jericho fall, if you're going to see your obstacle move, number one, you need to deal with you. You need to take a deep look at the issues of your own heart, the circumcision of your flesh, the circumcision of your heart, I should say, is an inward thing. It's a work of the Spirit. You've got to cut away the, the works of the flesh. James, uh, Galatians talks about that. Galatians 5. Influence of past relationships. Here's some examples. You know, locked inside your person, there, there are things that perhaps happened when you were younger. And those things inside you can end up triggering you to respond in a way that will disqualify you for, the, for taking out the walls, for, for removing the obstacle. What are you talking about? I'm talking about things that happened to you maybe that nobody knows, where you were wounded, where you were hurted, where you were rejected, where you were spurned, where you weren't understood or where you were abandoned. And those things on the inside of you have to get cut off. You need to be healed. Because if you're not healed, then you can never believe God to move forward to remove the obstacle. And so you can stay in this place of, of Lodabar, if you will. <laughs> For those who know the word, that'll preach right there, Mephibosheth. You can be in this place where you're not moving forward. It's because the Lord wants to take the flint knife of the Spirit and cut you free from that rejection, from that wounding, and from that hurting. Because you'll never move into the promised land with that thing. Well, that's a good point one. Let's go on to point two. That's a picture of covenant, of course. This is fascinating. I made you say it uh, with me. In, in Joshua chapter, chapter 5, verse 13, look there with me. came to pass Joshua was by Jericho. So, you know, they've just been circumcised. They're healing. Fear is on the enemy. So, I mean, if the enemy only knew what was going on, they should have attacked right then, but they have no idea. You know, the enemy is not all-knowing. God will protect you and, and help you when you're, when you're being healed. And so, verse 13, it came to pass Joshua was by Jericho. So he's like, he goes to Jericho. He's like, well, there it is, Lord. We're, we're just about healed, Lord. And he looks, and behold, his eyes, he sees a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn. That had to freak him out. In his hand, and Joshua went to him. Now, this is the, we find out that this is the commander of the Lord's army. So Joshua, man, the guy had courage. Be strong and courageous, for I'm with you. So he was, he was bucking up some courage right here. You face off the commander, the commander. 
You have to know, got to know what kind of glory is on him. It's a visible manifestation of, of Jesus, we believe, in the Old Testament, also called a theophany. Everybody say that, theophany. And he's, he's standing there, and Joshua says, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he says, no. I mean, Joshua had to be like, um, maybe you don't understand my question, Slick. Are you for me or them? Who are you for? No. No is not the right answer because, because God doesn't fit in one of the categories of, of Joshua and God doesn't fit in your categories or mine either. He fits in his own category. He's God. God is God, said the psalmist. Let your words be few. In other words, I'm for myself. And Joshua realizes it's the Lord and he falls face down and worships. He did what? He worshiped, which is an evidence that it's not, that it's not an angel because you can't worship angels and Joshua knew that from the word of God. Yeah. Fell his face to the earth and he worshiped and he says, what does my Lord, notice it's capital L, what does my Lord say to his servant and the commander of the Lord said to Joshua, watch this now, take your sandal off your foot. Not take your sandals off your feet. Take your sandal off your foot. Never saw this before. It's a covenant act. Reminiscent of Moses when he takes off the, the place we are, his holy ground, take off your shoes. How many of you know that scripture? Moses takes off his shoes. That's not what he says. He says, take the sandal off your foot for the place where you're standing is holy. It's a covenant act. It's the, it's the law of the loosed shoe or the law of the loosed sandal. It's, it's a covenant act. You'll see in Ruth chapter 4, when they would take off a shoe as a covenant act. And what was happening for, for uh, Joshua, as he had followed through and dealt with himself and cut away the, uh, the reproach of Egypt, he now stands before God in covenant act. And God gives him the legal and spiritual access to the land through this covenant of an exchange of a shoe. That's pretty heavy. You now have legal right. It's, this land was promised to your forefathers. And now I give you access now that things are in order. Listen, God has a right order. You, you, you don't just march all up into the promised land without your heart being right. God doesn't bless sloppy agape. Number two, number three. The text says in verse Chapter 6, verse 2. Look at that with me. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Everybody say that. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. So number one, deal with yourself. Deal with the issues. Deal with your hurts. Deal with your bitterness. Deal with your wounds. Deal with your resentment. Deal with your anger. Deal with your lust. Deal with your pride. Deal with it because you're not going to see any mountain move. You're not going to see any walls fall flat until you do that. That's number one. Number two, number two, Make covenant with God. And what is number two? Covenant revelation. And allow for God to give you revelation. Because here's, here's the revelation part, but it happens out of covenant. You've got to make a covenant. you got to receive Jesus. Amen? Amen? And I put it this way. Think inside the walls. Here's what it says. In the text, back to uh, Joshua 6. Verse 2, and the Lord said, Joshua, see, I, see, I have given. It's, it's prophetic, perfect tense. What he's saying is, I've already done it. Say he's already done it. 
I'm telling you, when you get the plan of God, when you get right with God and you walk in covenant with him, he'll give you revelation. It's number two. Number three, he'll give you a word from the Lord about, your, about the vision, about the dream, about the plan that he has for your life. And he, and he basically is saying, I have given Jericho in here. In other words, it's not I'm going to give. I have already given it to you. It's present, perfect, prophetic. Perfect prophetic tense is actually the theological term. And you can see that throughout Scripture. You know why God can do that? Because He's already there. He's in the future. He's, he's outside of time. So He looks and He's like, okay, here's the walls of Jericho. You're right about here. I've already done that, Josh. So just go ahead. I've already given it to you. I'm telling you, God wants to bring you into prophetic destiny and purpose, but you have to get the word of the Lord and act on it. Can you say amen? Number three, take your time. Now again, that doesn't mean relax and sit on your, your couch of your pleasures. It means persevere, which I probably should have said it a little bit differently. Persevere. If you don't persevere, you're not going to make it. Perseverance is an, is an aspect of faith. Don't be impatient in dealing with impossible circumstances. Impossible for you, it's possible for God. Keep doing the right thing. If somebody doesn't like it, they can stick it. Keep doing the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. A mother in the church said to a young lad, how you doing, son? He said, I'm keeping on. He said, well, you just keep keeping on then. That's an old saying. Just keep keeping on. Say it to your neighbor. Just keep keeping on. Just keep doing the right thing. Just keep doing the right thing. Be patient. Be long. Come on. The Lord is not slack, as some count slack is, but he's long-suffering and patient, hoping that all would come to repentance. He's not weak. He knows how to bring about his plan. But if your character is not in the place where you can handle it, then how many of you know he needs to wait for you to grow up? I mean, I, I wanted to be where we're at right now 15 or 20 years ago. But 15 or 20 years ago, I didn't have the fortitude, the spiritual fortitude. I didn't have what it would take to stand in the hour that I'm standing in now. I didn't have the faith I had now. I had to face other battles to make me big and strong along with Pastor Karen and a whole bunch of you crazies. Now, Awaken the billionaires. I got faith for it. Now, boom. Watch, watch more checks this week. Come on. It's faith. It's confident assurance. You have, to, you have to endure. I've seen ministry and businesses, you know, throw in the towel. They stop fighting. The fight's never over. But we fight from a place of victory. You know, and the thing is, when they're easy, you don't nearly appreciate them like you would when they're difficult. You're like, Lord, can it be less difficult? He's doing something on the inside of you through that, that flood the stage, Jordan. He's doing on something on the inside of you. Fight the fight. Resist the devil. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. Continue to endure. Don't quit. Everybody say, don't quit. Yeah, I mean, where are you going to go? What are you going to quit to? You're going to go back to your own life? It, it really wasn't all that good, if you remember Number five, blow the trumpet is a picture of worship. I think I heard a shofar. Did I? Can I hear it again? Blow the trumpet. This is a picture of worship. Oh, I like that. Here, can we do it with a microphone? We need that big old four-footer today. I'll hold the mic if you blow that again. Go ahead. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Close your eyes if that helps you.
of worship. It's a picture of worship. Blow the trumpet. Blow the trumpet. You've got to be a person of worship. I should have put in here shut up or something because they weren't allowed to talk when they're going around the mountain because they'd have messed it up. And lastly, keep your hands clean. Achan was mistaken. After victory, can you walk in what God has for you after victory? Did you get something from the Lord? You know, one day we won't have to have like 75 services because we'll be in our building. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. One day soon. Father, I decree and proclaim as people covenant with you, as we come before you and allow you by your spirit and your word to cut out the places in our thinking, the places of our fallen human nature, the places of generational iniquity, to tear down every high and lofty thought that's raised up against the knowledge of God. Help us to tear those down. Reveal, Lord, to us any places that grieve you or would hinder us in this next season of taking down the walls of Jericho and moving mountains. Reveal so we could tear it down and be healed. That we truly would have hearts that are tender, filled with the Spirit, led by you, not controlled by any defiled thing. And Lord, we'd walk in covenant relationship and receive covenant revelation plans. Lord, we would do all that you lead and guide and direct us and we would see great breakthrough. Can you say amen? I need to say this, it's important. The church in America, by and large, is defiled, powerless. The reason the church in America, by and large, and I know that there's exceptions, and it, it is my sincere belief that we are not a defiled church. I, can, I, can't, I can't speak for you. I can speak for me. I can boldly say before the Lord that I'm not living a defiled life. I endeavor to live holy and blameless, and I have to live a lifestyle of repentance. I get irritated. Come on. Sometimes I don't hear quite right. Sometimes my, I snapped at Pastor Vince this week. I had to repent for that. But look at that beautiful cup. Shabbataha. He's got a cup that has a lid on it. We have so many coffee stains. Is it irritated me. If you spill coffee in here, clean it up. It's the house of the Lord. I said it's the house of the Lord. So get a get a lid. Is it Leviticus? Numbers? Where is it? This is a scripture I got from my wife. Every every container that's not covered is defiled. That's in Leviticus, I think. We should post that outside. But it's not spilled coffee that defiles the church. It's sin. 
And so if people think they can live a defiled life and walk in power, fire, and anointing, that, that ain't happening. One of the reasons you feel God's presence and power here is because God's presence and power is here. Because there's people sincerely seeking him and living a lifestyle of repentance and going after God, set free from the former things, now used for noble purposes. There's people here that don't, they don't, they don't, they live right. I'm living right. You living right. I mean, I can, how could you say that if you, if you, if you weren't? I mean, you'd really be a charlatan, dirtbag before God. Not really. I mean, it scares me to almost say it. I just have to like search again. I'm good. <laughs> How's your conscience? Now you want to be a mountain mover and you have stuff in your life and you know it and you've not allowed for the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm all over somebody's stuff right now. It's 1247 and the children's church is praying in tongues. <laughs> you got to deal with the issues on the inside. You got to deal with that. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to set you free. And the church by and large in America has preached a pablum, weak, lame, lame sauce gospel with, you know, saying there's no, I mean, Ananias and Sapphira is a New Testament. Where's the fear of God? Where is the fear of God? Judas, when he, when he there, and he, and, he, and he ate the bread with Jesus, John asking him, who's going to betray you? And he says, the one who sups with me as they take communion, takes communion, and it, they took communion, and, and John's like, oh, snap, it's Judas. I knew it, the money bag guy. is and, and Jesus says to Judas, Whatever you're going to go, go, go do quickly. And it says that Satan entered him. And I'm paraphrasing. Satan entered him. When you're defiled, Satan will pull you around like a little push toy. And you'll have no power, no joy, no fire, no zeal. And you'll wonder why your prayers seemingly just hit a, you know, hit a brass ceiling. And you're wondering, where the, you're wondering how, come, how come the walls of Jericho don't fall for me? Because you're defiled for the love of God. you got to get circumcision of heart. you got to get covenant with God. you got to live for Him. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Thrust your hands into the heavens and call on His name this morning as I begin to close with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't you leave this place in that condition. Those of you online, listen up. If you're not right with God, don't turn that device off. Listen up. Take a knee. Pull your car. Pull your truck over and give your life to Christ for the first time if you've never done it. Do it today. Do it right now. If you have and you know you're living a defiled life and you're, some of you stuck, there's people here, you're addicted to pornography. It's like a drug and it's going to destroy your marriage. You need to repent. You need to expose that thing. You need to get set free. The flint knife of the Holy Spirit is coming today if you'll let him cut that off and set you free. Set you free from that addiction, from that anger. When I was talking about anger, that hit a number of people. You know you're a little warlock controlling people. So you blow your top and get angry to make them do what you want. That's wrong. Jesus doesn't do that. He didn't get all angry to try to control you. He put his, come on, God doesn't do that. He put his anger on Jesus. His wrath was upon him. I think God does get angry, but you understand what I'm saying. Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time? Or you want to recommit to him all across this place because you drifted and you want to come home. You want to sell out. Or number three, number three, you just want to be assured of your salvation. If that's you on the count of three, lift your hands up. One, two, three. God bless you. God bless you. Lift your hand high if that's you. You want to get right with God. First time or recommitment. God bless you. God bless you all the way in the back. Lift your hand high. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you, ma'am. I see that hand, sir, all the way in the back. I see that hand. Good. Awesome. 
I know it takes courage, but it's worth it. In the end, you'll just stand before God. Ain't gonna be anybody standing with you. Just be you. And either your sins will be covered by the blood or they won't. And if they won't, you get thrown into what's called weeping, darkness, and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Give your life to Christ right now. If that's you, you want to get, give your heart to the Lord. First time, recommit. Or you just want to be sure, pray this prayer with me. Right out loud, say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life and be my Lord, be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Lift your hands to heaven. I've gone long, but it was strong. Amen. Holy Spirit, come right now. Fill, touch, free. Break every chain. Break every bondage. Release your power. And we wouldn't be a defiled church. We'd be a covenant church on fire with the baptism of the Holy Ghost declaring the glorious things of heaven to a lost, a hurting, and a broken world, holding out the word of truth in a defiled generation. But we would walk before you wholeheartedly like Caleb, like Jacob, wholeheartedly in this day, shining like stars in the firmament, that you would use us to reach the lost and turn the tide of America. Turn the tide of the United States. Turn the tide, God, in Alaska. Turn the tide in the nations. Turn the tide. Turn it. Turn it. Turn it in California. Turn it in Virginia. Turn it. Turn it from the West Coast to the East Coast. Turn America. Turn our nation around. Turn our hearts around. Turn our families around. Bring reconciliation, healing, breakthrough, signs, wonders. Cause the walls of Jericho to fall and the Lord says in these last days I'm going to cause institutions like under Planned Parenthood walls falling flat finances being drained I'm going to cause the obstacles and the things that have hindered the church and hindered my people from moving into fullness I'm going to cause them now to fall flat by the authority of my name the authority of my word my word Psalm 119 is forever settled in heaven decree a thing and it shall be established speak it out Take action and watch and see what I'll do because I'm a covenant-keeping God. See, I have given Jericho into your hands, says the Lord. Come on, shout to God with a voice of triumph. May the Lord bless you. Come on, you can shout a little bit louder. Hallelujah. Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance towards you, be gracious to you and give you peace. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. Six o'clock. We love you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.